family shopping. Households are being hit with soaring heating costs if they stay home and soaring gas prices if they go out. Fox News weekend co-host Will Kane says Biden's press conference yesterday was painful to watch. He says Democrats have used fear to control American citizens, which gave Democrats a sense of even more power. But now reality is setting in. So they have shaped reality, but ra- reality is now rudely interrupting this delusion. Whether or not it comes in the form of Russia or inflation or bad poll numbers, reality has a way of waking you up. And so his delusion, his detachment from reality is now becoming obvious, I think, to the American people. One of the first things Joe Biden did when he became president was to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline. Chris Woodward has more. Biden made his decision based on what his administration calls man-made climate change, saying the world must be put on a sustainable climate pathway to protect Americans and the domestic economy. Ben Lieberman, senior fellow for the Competitive Enterprise Institute, says it's coming back to bite the president. He's faced uh, a year of relatively high gasoline prices, and virtually everything this president has done that would affect the price at the pump has been directionally towards raising those prices, not just infrastructure projects like Keystone XL, but also um, trying to slow down or even stop federal leasing of uh, for oil and gas activity on, on federal lands. So everywhere you look, uh, Anwar is another example, everywhere you look are efforts to reduce both the, the supply of domestic oil and the ability to get that oil where needed. I'm Chris Woodward. A Florida abortion clinic with a questionable history has ended its search for hired help. Charlie Butts explains. The Fort Myers Women's Health Center, a part of the All Women's Health Center's chain, has permanently closed down after terminating preborn babies for 46 years. Cheryl Sullinger of Operation Rescue tells AFN the clinic had a shady track record. They were cited because they treated or gave abortions to two minor girls without proper parental consent. They were also fined a couple of hundred dollars for failing to file their termination of pregnancy reports as required by law. The facility also didn't have an abortionist because its longtime child terminator, Fernando Betancourt, is no more. He used to work for a number of these facilities that were in the same abortion chain. It's the All Women's Health Center's abortion chain that this Fort Myers clinic was a part of. And he has also taken a retirement and no longer is working for any abortion facility that we're aware of. Florida has been losing an average one abortuary per year for the last decade. But there remain 56 with open doors. I'm Charlie Butts. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 341 points. American Family News is online at AFN.net. And download the AFN mobile app for your Apple or Android device. I'm Rusty P. When you hear this. This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. We inform. 
Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to The Core here on American Family Radio. My name is Walker Wildman. So glad to be with you on the show today. We're broadcasting the show across the country in in over 30 states, 180 radio towers around the country. Uh, I used to say radio stations, but... You know, technically, there's not really radio stations anymore. It's just a bunch of towers. I guess there are some local radio stations. But nonetheless, we own about 180 radio towers around the country. And all of our uh, productions, most of our productions, come out of Tupelo, Mississippi, where our headquarters is. This is where the main station is. And then we broadcast it around the country. Uh, Those of you uh, familiar with FM radio, you know what I'm talking about. And then we're on the World Wide Web as well, live streaming the audio uh, at AFR.net. We're also on the AFR app as well. It's free to download the American Family Radio mobile app. And then lastly, we have the video up on Facebook and YouTube. We are not in uh, YouTube or Facebook jail today, so that's good. We've uh, been out of timeout for a couple months now. Don't jinx it. (laughs) I shouldn't have said anything. The trolls, here they come. Uh, So we're live streaming the video on both of those platforms. So if you want to go there and watch that, you can. And by the way, we are continuing our efforts to safeguard ourselves against cancel culture. So we have our streaming platform up and running now, streaming.afa.net. That's the AFA streaming platform. But as we speak, our IT team continues to build out the live streaming option, which we're going to launch at some point in this year. So eventually... We won't have to tout the Facebook and the YouTubes of the world. Eventually, we can just send you to our own website for live video streaming. So that's something to look forward to this year. Hey, we got some special guests. My brother's going to be in with us um, next segment. We also have Diane. Diane is a uh, shot victim. She's a vaccination victim. And we're going to talk to her about her story in the next segment at 120. And then last segment, we're going to talk to someone that you might remember in the news Mark McCloskey from McCloskey rather from the St. Louis, Missouri area, and he was the one that got charged by the local prosecutor because he dare hold a semi-automatic rifle outside of his home in his front yard when the rioters and the looters walked by. Uh, so we'll talk to Mark McCloskey. In the uh, next sec- in the last segment, rather, and he's also running for a U.S. Senate there in the state of Missouri. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. We're in uh, the uh, chapter six of the book of Psalm, uh, Psalm of David. Here we're continuing. O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled, but you, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love, for in death there is no remembrance of you. In Sheol, who will give you praise? That means in death, who will give you praise? I am weary 
With my moaning every night, I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with weeping. My eyes waste away because of grief. It grows weak because of all my foes. Depart from me, all you workers of evil, for the Lord, he has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly troubled. They shall turn back and be put to shame in a moment. Uh, So verse 2 there I want to highlight today. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. So the Lord can provide, and he does provide healing to our physical bodies. He also provides ultimate healing to our spiritual bodies uh, when we receive the Holy Spirit and are granted uh, eternal access to the Father through the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, moving into some of the stories today, you know, a couple months ago, I I played a clip of the U.S. Surgeon General on the show uh, on AFA at the Core. I played the clip of the U.S. Surgeon General where he said with a straight face on one of these major Democrat, you know, propaganda outlets, he said with a straight face that the immunity that is prompted from vaccines or from these shots are that is better than natural immunity. And he said that with a straight face. Nobody corrected him, at least not live on the air. Nobody questioned him. Nobody doubted him. They just took it, you know, as if, as, as, as if it was the gospel. And I criticized him on the show, played the clip, talked about it, brought in the studies about how natural immunity clearly is superior to uh, the immunity produced by the shot. Well, an entity that agrees with me is the CDC. You know, Bobby sent me over this over earlier. <laughs> Here's a story out of the Daily Caller. CDC says natural immunity outperformed vaccines against Delta strain. Imagine that. Science continuing to provide consistent results as it relates to natural immunity. Here's a little bit about the story. Natural immunity from prior infection granted stronger levels of protection against the Delta variant of COVID-19 than vaccination alone. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said in a study released on Wednesday. So, Bobby, you know, I would say he just didn't know any better, talking about the U.S. Surgeon General, but there's no way a man of the resources he has access to, the studies he has access to, there's no way he did not know that that statement was not true. Well, it calls into question uh, greatly his ethics and his integrity. Yeah. And that's something he's going to have to deal with personally. Because yeah. all of this is all being found out now, and they're all being painted into a corner. Mm-hmm. So, again, in, in terms of talking about the uh, vaccination and immunology specialist from Israel yesterday, yeah, of how he became forthright, how he was humbled— and people appreciate that, and they understand that, and they will help him in whichever way he wants to progress to repent, if yes, you will. Exactly. And and so it brings to your point the question about motive here. You know, was the U.S. Surgeon General just that uh, committed to promoting the shot, the vaccine, uh, o- over all else, no matter what the data shows? I mean, that's uh, clearly what it appears is that uh, you know, they're on this this religion of get the shot, get the shot, get the shot, and no matter what the data says. And clearly the data has, it's really always been this way the past two years, the data has always shown uh, that natural immunity, if it's not equally 
uh, effective as the immunity prompted by the shot, it's more effective. That's what the vast majority of the studies show. And this is not novel. This is not, quote, new science. This has been established medical science for decades upon decades upon decades. And that is that natural immunity helps people fend off against reinfection. And this, this is not just with COVID. It's with the influenza and other upper respiratory illnesses, probably other illnesses in general, but I'm not a doctor. Uh, moving to the uh, the Democrats' continued push for uh, completely uprooting how our elections are run in the country. I haven't really talked about this much. I've really, I really haven't given it as enough attention as I should have, but we're going to talk about it a little bit today, and that is there's this uh, – we have the talk of the filibuster, which I'm sure you've seen the – the narrative is going around about the filibuster. And then in with that is the talk of what they're calling the voting rights bill. The voting rights bill, and there's actually two bills out there that they're trying to get through. One of them is the John Lewis Voting Rights Act that they are trying to get through um, the Senate. Now, it's already passed the House of Representatives. They're trying to get it through the Senate to uh, then get it to President Biden's desk so that he can sign it. But, you know, this is all in response. I said this the other day. This is all in response to a handful of states across the country that have passed election reform bills and election reform laws that help to provide more integrity about our elections. All right. So that's what this is all about. The Democrats are wigging out because if they can't cheat in some scenarios, they can't win. Do they cheat? Absolutely. Uh, did they cheat in all 50 states in 2020? I don't know. Maybe. I can't definitively say that. Were, were there some serious violations of election law in 2020? 100% beyond the shadow of a doubt there was. Did it cause Biden to win? Maybe. Probably. Most likely. Uh, but we haven't had proper due diligence done on the election front. Because Democrats have been stonewalling on this, so have the judges and the different governors. But there hasn't been enough due diligence to be able to say, you know, how was the election won fair and square? Or was it won by a margin in certain districts where there was rampant fraud? Uh, so that's why we need proper investigations as it relates to elections across the country when there are abnormalities and illegality reported. Well, Hans von Spakovsky, he's on American Family Radio on occasion. He's been on with Sandy Rios in the morning, and he's uh, with uh, Heritage Foundation. Well, he broke down what's in this legislation, the legislation the Democrats are trying to bring about. And then in a few minutes, well, I only have about a couple minutes left. We're going to talk about this filibuster. But these, uh, the legislation that, that everybody's talking about now, it is... Uh, number one, it guts voter ID laws, so no more having a driver's license or a valid government-issued ID. When you go to the ballot box, you can just go. It doesn't matter who you are. You can just claim that you're somebody, and you can vote. It guts voter IDs. It puts re severe restrictions on states from being able to verify the eligibility and qualification of voters, so no checking to make sure you live in the district. No, we're not going to do any of that. Sure, just come and vote. Tell me your name. No need for any other information. It also uh, restricts cleaning up and maintaining the accuracy of voter lists. That's just a couple things that it does amongst many. One clip I want to play real quick. This is Representative Sheila Jackson Lee 
talking about this filibuster clip to let's listen. I think the question has to be for the 50 Republicans and two of our friends, uh, for them to be able to stand up for the Constitution over a frivolous and insignificant Senate rule. I want to ask Senator Manchin uh, whether he understands that the compact uh, that we've made as the American people uh, with laws. It is a nation of laws. And that foundation is the Constitution. There is nothing in the Constitution that promotes, advocates, or even states uh, the language of the filibuster. He's wrong. Uh, I want to give him time to change his mind and Senator Sinema, and want to give him time to be a drum major for peace, justice, and equality. All right. Here, Two things here. Two things here. Let's break this down. First off, the party, the Democrats are the party of lawlessness. Okay. They don't care about laws. They only like laws that benefit them. All right. If you want to talk about law and order, uh, let's talk about Hillary Clinton uh, handling classified information on a private bathroom email server. That's no joke. Go back and read the stories. Let's talk about Benghazi. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about Fast and Furious. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. You may not. I do. Fast and Furious, Obama administration letting all kinds of weapons get into the hands of the cartels, and we were supposed to track those and bust the cartels and the arms dealers. What do we do? Well, we lose track of them. We don't know where they went. Well, we do know where they went. We know at least where one weapon went. It went to kill a Border Patrol agent. It went to murder a Border Patrol agent. Yes, a weapon produced sent out, released by the U.S. government, was used to kill a Border Patrol agent. Oh, no, 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 no. Law and order. Law and order. That's what the Democrats care about. No, they don't care about law and order. They only care about laws that benefit their political aspirations. But on this filibuster talk, I actually agree with the Democrats here. The filibuster is a joke. And I said this during the Trump administration, and in order to be consistent... And not be a political hack like the rest of them. I'm going to say it again. The filibuster is a joke. It's not in the Constitution. The only thing in the Constitution is a simple majority in the Senate that is needed to pass legislation. All right. So we can talk about how bad the bill is. And the legislation they're trying to pass is horrendous. But that doesn't mean that we should keep this filibuster. Because if we have a conservative majority and a conservative president... We need to be able to pass legislation without allowing the minority to run the Senate. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Here, Jesus instructed his disciples to cross a lake and meet him on the other side of it. As they went, they were met by a violent windstorm that halted their progress. Often in our Christian lives, we receive clear instruction from the Lord, only to be met by an obstacle that halts our progress. We must, however, recognize that the onset of a storm does not cancel out God's instructions. Halted progress does not equal denied destination. When Jesus directed the disciples to go to the other side, he absolutely meant for them to get there. Delay does not equal denial. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Division is not God's plan for humanity. In fact, He is constantly working to unify us in His love, His Spirit. But where God gathers, the enemy disperses. In Scripture, the enemy is often called diabolos throughout the New Testament, a Greek word derived from two words, dia, meaning apart, and balian, meaning to throw. To refer to the devil is to quite literally acknowledge him as the one who throws us apart, the one who scatters, the one who divides. Teach your girl to recognize and analyze moments where she feels an overwhelming sense of division. Equip her with the knowledge that this is a scheme of the enemy, and she, through the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling within her, has the ability to overcome it. Want to learn more? Read about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. It all came down to the ultrasound, and I saw this little lima bean-looking thing with a halo, which I thought was incredible. A baby wasn't really in the plan for this young mom. After seeing a halo on her baby on ultrasound at a preborn center, she was still leaning towards abortion. And I got to hear the heartbeat, and I got chills. In that moment, I just felt God's arms come around me and hug me and tell me that it was going to be okay. Preborn centers are the largest providers of free ultrasounds in the country as they equip centers to save more babies and souls. To find out more, go to preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. I had a choice to become a mom and hear those little footsteps running down the hallway every morning is all because I had an ultrasound. It saved my life and hers. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the core here on American Family Radio. Well, before we go to our guest and before we introduce my brother Wesley here in studio with us, I want to just let you know that I haven't lost my mind. Um, My head's still on right. I did criticize the filibuster, all right? That's probably the one thing this year that I will agree with the Democrats on. And uh, because... It, it, it's we look at the filibuster now. What are we talking about for those who don't pay attention to or aren't in the uh, up to speed on what's going on in Washington? We're talking about a Senate rule that allows the minority um, to block legislation. All right. So the, the rule makes it to where the U.S. Senate needs 60 senators to pass legislation. All right. That's why they hardly do anything. They're all talk, no action. As I said the other day, uh, the most intense pillow fight in America goes on in the U.S. Senate. Um, so, but, you know, you look at the at the filibuster now and you go, man, I'm glad we got that filibuster. It's blocking these bad, these bad bills. Well, that's true. But when you have good people in Congress and you have someone like President Trump up there and they're trying to actually get good things done, like repealing Obamacare, their hands are tied. Because it takes, you know, a handful of Democrats to completely stonewall legislation. And by the way, Democrats were the number one users of the filibuster under the Trump administration. They used it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times to block legislation that Republicans were trying to pass. But we'll talk more about that 
next segment, Wesley Wildman. Glad to have you with me. Hey, I'm glad to be in the studio. Thanks for having me. And we have a guest on, Wesley, that I wanted to uh, line up, uh, and that is Diane from the state of Arkansas. I got on a, a call with uh, others, and I also uh, Bobby and I were in touch with Diane. And Diane uh, was uh, injured by the COVID-19 shot, by the COVID-19 vaccine, and we wanted her to be able to tell her story. Diane, thank you for coming on the core. Thank you, Walker. And it was my mom, not it, me. <laughs> yeah, it was your mom that was injured uh, by yes. the shot, but you've been telling us uh, her story because yes. you're her main caregiver, her main caretaker. Uh, so tell tell our audience a little bit about, uh, uh, well, tell us a little bit about your mom's background and what happened, what you experienced uh, when she received the shot. Okay. Um, it was about a year ago. Um, she was 84, uh, very active and independent, uh, enjoyed going to church and activities with, uh, senior adults and stuff. Uh, just the typical <laughs> grandmother, uh, type, but her primary care physician, you know, had, uh, suggested, uh, that she get the shot. So, uh, she started mulling that over. Uh, talking it over with different people. Um, so she um, went to her neighbor, who is a pharmacist, her pharmacist, and uh, talked to him about it. And um, then she asked me what I thought about the shot, which, you know, I had all kinds of information that I'd, I'd learned through AFR. Um, she's one of nine kids. <laughs> She's got a sister that's 91 that's probably in better shape than I am. <laughs> and uh, their grandmother, my great-grandmother and her sister both lived to 102. Wow. So she had some really good genes there. Mm. Um, so on February 22nd is when she had her second shot. And um Immediately, uh, she was wiped out, totally, like a lot of people, just mm. very fatigued, just um, wanted to lay in her recliner all the time and sleep. And that was just not almost, like her. Almost as if she was sick. At all. Like, like yes. behaving as if she's ill. And for those yeah. that miss, this is following the first shot or the no, second this shot? is on the second shot. Second shot. Fe- February 22nd, 2021. The second right? one. Yes, ma'am. Yep. And she also uh, began having horrific headaches that uh, mm. woke her up in the middle of the night. She was not a headache person. Uh, so that was very unusual uh, for her to have that bad of a headache that would wake her up. So, um, so she went back to her primary care physician uh, to see what she could do about that. And he said... All we can do is you can just take some Tylenol. Um, so she doesn't. She didn't like that answer too well. Um, so she went to her chiropractor. She thought maybe there's something out of line in my back, and uh, that didn't alleviate any of her um, headaches either. Uh, so then uh, she called my daughter, her granddaughter. And um, 
she's a dental hygienist. She was like, well, maybe there's something going on in my jaws, like TMJ mm-hmm. yep. or something that's causing that pain. Oh, it was just really unusual and bad for her. <laughs> um, so that's what she pretty much spent the whole month of March doing is trying to figure out how to get rid of that pain in her head. So it's just uh, so out of uh, character for her. What 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 are you um, what are you guys going through? What were the next steps? I mean, have you guys been able to receive any type of a plausible answer from a doctor on what's going on with your mom? Well, I'm about to get to that. Sorry. <laughs> what, what we pretty much found out, I got you know, you. Uh, what that was leading up to. Uh, but by the first part of April, she was pretty much getting her energy back. Um, and so she had planned um, a shopping trip with me. So we went on um, April the 9th, went out shopping, and then we met uh, my daughter and my stepdaughter and her new um, adopted uh, little girl. It was five at the time, and we all had lunch together. It was just one of those just typical uh, days with mom that was uh, so special. Uh, but she liked getting out and doing things like that. She had some projects she was working on, so she needed my input on those. Um, so the following Wednesday, she was out in her yard uh, doing some kind of yard work, and she fell, uh, which she was able to get herself uh, back up from that. Um, But then that Friday, April the 16th, um, she had made a phone call that morning and then went to the uh, bathroom to continue with uh, getting on with her day and her legs just went out from under her and it was Mm. a small bathroom. So she was kind of smushed up against uh, the wall and in between uh, the commode. So it was a really small area, but she was just pinned in there. Uh, But it was my day off. I'm usually off on Fridays. Um, so I was running errands all day. Um, I had, uh, turned my phone off, uh, through the night so I don't get any dings from, you know, emails and text messages and stuff to wake me up in the middle of the night. Um, so when I got home from all of my errands on that Friday, I looked at my phone and I had missed a whole lot of calls from my uncle that calls my mom every Friday morning. Um, so he, he, said, he said I needed to go check on my mom. Mm. Um, so I went up uh, to her house, got into the garage just fine. I didn't think about taking the keys with me. Uh, but when I knocked on the door between the the garage into the kitchen area, I could hear a moaning voice, uh, very muffled, 
and I knew she was somewhere close, uh, but I couldn't see her. So I called her neighbor, the uh, pharmacist, and he grabbed another neighbor, and they came over, and they busted that window so that we could get into the house. And I was calling 911 by that point, too, while they were doing that. Um, But the CT scan um, of her brain showed a slow um, brain bleed, Hmm. hemorrhaging on the brain, basically. And that caused uh, the stroke and it caused her feet to buckle under her. So let me ask, the, the, the brain injury, didn't she didn't hit her head necessarily on the fall, what you're saying is the no. scan showed that there was a brain injury before her fall. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. And it was slow, and that's probably what was causing her pain mm-hmm. <laughs> on her head. So, so go ahead. Now, um, she cannot use her left arm or her left leg. She has feeling in them. That's the way I always wake her up if I go visit her and she's asleep I grab her left foot and it wakes her up um so on May the 7th she was moved to a nursing facility and that's where she is right now has she since had COVID or has she had COVID prior to getting the first two shots no Mm, gotcha so she all right no Diane, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this before we let you go. Have have you guys been able to uh, see any further doctors that have been able to give you any kind of indication as to what caused the brain bleeding? Mm-hmm. Um, a nursing facility usually has a doctor that takes care of uh, the resident. And um, they haven't really uh, pursued Hmm. anything like that. They just assume it was a stroke uh, due to her age. Hmm. And that's what we're dealing with right now. She went in to the nursing facility at 134 pounds. Um, By November the 18th, she was down to 103 Oh, my word. And uh, she's up to 111 right now. Mm. So, but that's just another result of uh, strokes. They they can um, just mess up your taste buds and Mm. things just don't taste right. So, Diane, from what you've experienced with your mom, um, you're, you're convinced that her decline came and immediately followed after she received her COVID 19 shot. Yes. Gotcha. All right, Diane. Well, yep. th- thank you so much for coming <laughs> on the core and telling you yep. you thank and you, your Wesley. your mother's story. And we're sorry to hear about your mother, okay. and we'll be praying for her. And thank you for being such a good caregiver to your mom. Yep. You're a good example to a lot of people. Amen. Well, thank you. All thank right, you thank, guys. Thank you, Miss Diane. Love you. Bye bye. All right. Well, there you have it, Wesley. That's Diane from Arkansas. Yeah, I don't have the friends I have. I, I haven't uh, asked them to be a part of the program, or nor have I asked if I could share their story. So I won't mention names. Mm-hmm. However, 
I have friends that I know, both close friends and distant friends, friends of friends, so to speak, that have also had either A, at minimum, at minimum, have gotten COVID or symptoms of COVID within hours, within hours of getting the COVID shot. Right. So that's Chills, fever. Yeah. So they essentially went and got COVID. I mean, with, that's, with how I look at it. that's how I look at it. Yeah. Yeah, with getting the shot. So so that does, that has happened, and that's a non-negotiable point. I mean, that's, that, that, that is their experience. Hmm. Um, and then, and then in some, in some extreme cases, I've had friends that within a couple of days of getting the COVID shot, they had all types of heart, um, rhythm out of sort, uh, mm. enough, to, enough to the point where they were hospitalized in the emergency room. Um, and in addition to that, they had to have follow up, um, doctor appointments with the cardiologist. And these are people that are in their thirties and forties. Yeah. So, uh, well that, that, that goes, to, yeah, that goes right in line with uh, a vaccine victim. We talked to two months ago, uh, Michael from South Carolina and he, um, uh, was diagnosed with pericarditis from a cardiologist as a result of the shot. Okay, diagnosed directly. Yes. But you know, what's important, I've got one story I'll mention real quick, but uh, what's important uh, that you need to know and that our audience needs to know is that there is no other network or ministry or news outlet out there that would even consider having people on with their experiences, their negative experiences of the COVID shot. And so uh, you're doing a good thing, Walker and uh, uh, Bobby mm. and the rest of the core team, by allowing people that have suffered on behalf of the shot in order to be able to at least share their story and what they're going through. Because you got to, I mean, right out, out there right now, with if you're not for the vaccine, you are of the devil. Yeah, and that's so the narrative. You, yeah, so for you, but be able to have those on. I'm grateful we were able to have our own. Absolutely. Thank you, Wesley. Hey, I enjoyed it. Thanks for letting me be on. All right, folks, uh, the the story of the shots, um, on, a, on best case scenario, this is a patient decision of risk versus reward. That's what we're talking about here, risk versus reward. Um, is there data that shows that they help people keep them out of the hospital? Yes, there is data that show that. There's also data that show that it harms people, especially young people, who don't really, from a from a risk versus reward standpoint, they don't really need the shot. Uh, so this should be one's personal health decision, not a mandate coming down from the government or from a private entity. They should face some sort of consequences. At the very least, what you put on there should be true. And if it's not true, then it should be actionable. Major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative evangelical viewpoint. The American Family Association will no longer be canceled. Announcing AFA Streaming, our own video streaming platform, which will allow access to all AFA video content. AFA Streaming is now available. Learn more at AFA.net. Dear One Million Moms, I've always thought that maybe your organization was making a mountain out of a molehill. But today, I cannot believe what I just saw on my TV. Concerned about the trash flowing into your home through today's media that simply will not censor itself? Make your voice heard. If you see trash in the media, tell us. 
Use the Submit Trash button at 1millionmoms.com. That's 1millionmoms.com. And thanks. Judy Goodell and her husband set up a charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation. What we love about it is that it represents stewardship principles that we feel strongly about. So we got very, very excited about this opportunity. With a charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation, an AFA supporter can guarantee a permanent monthly income, as well as supporting the American Family Association for years to come. We do feel convicted about really praying about all that God has really blessed us with. And so many people we know just want to leave it all to their kids. And we know the danger of that. And so we just are really just trying to pray through it. And God gave us great confirmation as we prayed that this would be a good use of the Lord's money. Find out if a charitable gift annuity is right for you at 800-326-4543, extension 345, or email foundation at afa.net. This time of year, many people make resolutions, but unfortunately, they just don't stick. Franklin Graham. Let me tell you about a decision that you can make today that can change your life, not just for this year, but for eternity. You see, God gave His Son, Jesus Christ, to take our sins. And He died on a cross and He shed His blood for our sins. And He was buried, and on the third day, God raised Him to life. If you're willing to trust Jesus, He will change your life, not just for this year, but for eternity. Just pray this prayer with me. Just say, God, I've sinned. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I believe that Jesus is your son. I want to trust him as my savior. And I'm willing to follow him as my Lord from this day forward forever. Amen. Someone is ready to talk with you right now about a relationship with Jesus Christ or simply pray with you. Call 888-388-2683. That's 888-388-2683. God bless you and a happy new year to each and every one. We're the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. Who you heard last segment, well, I had my brother Wesley in studio with me, but who you heard most from was Diane from the state of Arkansas talking about her 84-year-old mother, who uh, received her second dose of the COVID-19 shot on February 22nd, 2021, and in the months following suffered some serious health challenges um, that were nowhere to be seen before she took the uh, dosage of the shot. So that's Diane's mother's story uh, there from Arkansas. So uh, just another example of why mandates, and this is, look, this is not just me saying this. There are very well-respected scientists and medical professionals, including the inventor of the technology, Dr. Robert Malone, who has said on multiple occasions that mandates have never been acceptable in decades past. Mandates on an experimental uh, shot have never been accepted in years past. It's always been up to the patient as to whether they would like to participate in said treatment, uh, in said vaccine, and that's the way it should be now, but instead we're forgetting the past and we're uh, doing things medically that have never been accepted by the medical profession and the scientific profession in uh, decades past. So we need to get back to the status quo, and in this case, the status quo actually made sense uh, back before all of the COVID nonsense. Well, uh, back to the discussion on the filibuster. I just can't leave this alone. 
because uh, it's very, very important. The, um, <clears throat> the, the filibuster here, folks, is not the problem, all right? The problem is the Democrats want to pass a bad piece of legislation. That is the fundamental core issue. There's all the talk. There's all the jabber. There's all the noise about how Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema, and some of the other senators, they need a nuke to filibuster so we can pass this legislation, so on and so forth. The, uh, the role in the Senate isn't the problem. It is the fact that we have Democrats wanting to take over elections all around the country. That's what they want to do. They want to take uh, the running, the operating of elections out of the state's hands, and they want to bring it into Washington, D.C., because as we know, folks, everything that Congress does turns out very well. Everything that lawmakers in Washington do turns out spot on, and I'm being completely cynical. Everything they put their hands on, they break. Um, they every, every piece of every penny they get, they spend. <laughs> so the uh, the politicians in Washington, they just don't need to touch anything else because everything they touch, they mess up. And I'm not joking. I'm being dead serious. Look at their track record. Um, but on this filibuster talk, you know, uh, as I mentioned, we can say the filibuster is a great thing now. It's blocking the Democrats from doing their radical stuff. And maybe that's true. But really, uh, they just can't get their whole party to agree on this. They can't get uh, Manchin and Cinema to agree that this is a good bill to pass. But the problem with the filibuster is that it prevents, it really prevents accountability. It really prevents accountability. What do I mean by that? It prevents the politicians from actually having to vote on significant legislation. And so instead of voting on significant legislation, much of it they've promised in campaigns that they would vote on and pass. Instead, they twiddle their thumbs, they continue the pillow fight, and they delegate all of the rulemaking, all of the lawmaking, and all of the policymaking to the bureaucrats. All right? They delegate their governing authority to bureaucrats. If you don't believe it, just read legislation. In much of legislation that is passed through the Congress, it says things like, uh, the Department of Homeland Security shall have the authority to do X, Y, and Z. And they just delegate much of the governing authority to the executive branch and to the bureaucrats. And that's one of the main issues uh, going on in our country. So instead of rules, I mean, think about the vaccine mandate. Where did that come from? That didn't come from Congress. That came from an executive agency. And so... Congress, they throw up their hands and they go, well, I don't like it, but I didn't do it. I don't, I don't like it, but I didn't do it. That's, that, that's a lot of the stuff that goes on in Washington is pointing the finger and not taking responsibility for some of the major issues facing our country. Uh, let's talk immigration for a minute. Uh, immigration has been delegated to executive agencies to where, depending on what president you have, depends on whether the laws will be enforced. I mean, it's lunacy. Uh, you have one president, Donald Trump, he actually enforces all the laws, keeps our country safe. Well, Biden comes in and he unilaterally changes how our country's immigration system is run. Why? Because Congress has delegated the authority for much of the law enforcement to other agencies uh, and the executive branch. So uh, the filibuster here is not the problem, folks. The problem is that we have a Congress, we have Democrats who want to pass 
legislation that is in, not in the best interest of our country. Uh, someone who disagrees with me, someone who thinks this legislation is just a great idea, is the Alabama football coach, Nick Saban. This is not a Babylon Bee article. This is not out of the onion. I'm saying this with a straight face. Uh, Nick Saban signed on to a letter supporting the Freedom to Vote Act. That's the other legislation I mentioned earlier, but I didn't say the name of it. So we got the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, and then we have the Freedom to Vote Act. By the way, did you know that you couldn't vote in America? This is news to me. This is this is like groundbreaking. I'm going to have to research this stuff. Uh, and all the widespread examples of people not being able to vote. I mean, this is absolutely astonishing. Last time I checked, dead people in Detroit are still voting. And so this whole narrative that people can't vote is an absolute hoax. It's an absolute hoax. What the Democrats want to do is they want to make it easy to cheat. Yes, they want to make it easy to cheat. How do you do that? You break down all the barriers of accountability that have guided our election process throughout American history. Well, Nick Saban signed on to a January 13th letter. I said I could say it with a straight face, but I can't. Um, he signed on to it with former NFL Commissioner Paul Tagliabue. Tagliabue. Thank you, Bobby. Oh, reason number 735 why you should pick a easy-to-pronounce last name. <laughs> like Wildman. Um, Wildman, that's what people call me. Uh, three others with ties to West Virginia. Uh, basketball, great Jerry West. Buffalo, a former Buffalo Bills linebacker, Daryl Talley. And former West Virginia University Athletic Director, Oliver, Oliver Luck. They all signed this bill trying to get Senator Joe Manchin to support the terrible Democrat legislation, um, Freedom to Vote Act. You know, I, I this I thought it was a joke when someone sent it to me, but it it's serious. Nick Saban is now is now a key policymaker. I mean, Nick Saban he knows his election law. I wish somebody would ask Nick Saban. So what's in the legislation, Coach? Tell us what's in the bill, please. Um, he would probably pitch it to his offensive coordinator to tell us what's in the legislation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 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 no. On a serious note. Um, we, as a country, uh, for 200 plus years have allowed states, local municipalities to manage and operate their elections. And that could be said for better or worse. You go to Detroit, they never clean up their voter rolls. Uh, the poll watchers try to come in, they shade the, the windows I mean, we've seen all the shenanigans. We've seen the drop boxes, the ballot harvesting, so on and so forth. And so you could look at that and go, you know, the locals are doing a terrible job managing their election. But the vast majority of the country is, is run by election officials with integrity, and elections being run at the local level are the best way that elections need to be run. And that's why our founding fathers, in much of the founding documents, including the Constitution, laid out how states should handle elections, all right? Does, it, does the Constitution mention that Congress can also create laws that uh, guide the process of elections? Yes, it, it does uh, mention that. Uh, but the, the founders never intended for a complete federal takeover of our nation's elections. That was never part of the deal. As a matter of fact, much of their writings... Uh, uh, criticized that idea 
of federalizing our elections. So that's the point on that. But on the filibuster, you know, when when we have good people running the country, we need to be able to pass good legislation. We need to be able to pass good legislation. Um, And I know that's unpopular right now. People are like, wow, how can you support ending the filibuster? Uh, But Washington needs to actually pass significant laws. We need to stop delegating everything to the executive branch. We need to pass meaningful legislation and let the voters go to the ballot box and cast their opinion as to whether they like that legislation or not. But uh, one poll I wanted to mention, by the way, before we wrap up this topic, I want to play the last Representative Jackson Lee uh, clip. This is uh, Representative Jackson Lee on the same show, CNN Out Front, letting the country know that right now the majority is subject to the tyranny of the minority. Clip three. I want them to understand what the Republican senator said uh, in the 1800s. And he said, it's shameful in the Senate uh, that the majority is subject to the tyranny of the minority. I would hope that Senator Manchin would look at that premise, that it is the minority that is terrorizing the majority that wants to go forward on real voting rights laws to avoid what is happening, Aaron, in Texas, where they're throwing out under the new oppressive voting law ballots coming in that are mail-in ballots because they don't have a number. That is outrageous, unconstitutional, and is a shame on America. All right, so, so you don't fill out your ballot right, and we should count it? What country are we living in? So what she's citing there is an example where someone doesn't properly fill out their ballot and then it gets thrown in the trash. And that's the right thing to do. For example, can you imagine me filling out, I don't know, maybe like a a driver's license application or whatever, or a voting registration application, and you don't fill out half of the application, but you want them to count it? No, they'll send it back or they'll put it in the trash because it doesn't count. We are supposed to fill out things properly and legally for them to count. And somehow that's a foreign concept for representative. And and did Lee. I hear her correctly? She has a problem with document control numbers? Yeah. She said that if the number's not on there, you know, how dare them not count it? That's phenomenal. Yeah. That's how that's dead phenomenal. people vote, Bobby. Well, see, <laughs> when you exactly. Don't, when exactly. you don't fill out the application properly. And to your point, that's why... Congress messes up everything they get involved with. Yeah, exactly. No no verification. Who needs a voter ID? You know, if your neighbor wants to vote seven times, so what? It's democracy. It's America. <laughs> Absolute insanity. Well, um, you know, speaking of, of something that you think is a joke and it's not, um, the Democrats use, this is from Washington Examiner, no joke, Democrats use a filibuster 327 times in the year 2020. You heard it right. The same rule that is racist and Jim Crow-like and a creation of the KKK. Uh, That same rule was used 327 whopping times by the Democrats in 2020. What did they use it for? To block the agenda of Donald J. Trump. Yes, 327 times. Guess how many times the GOP used it? Once. Once in 2020. So... Representative Sheila Jackson Lee needs to be talking to her own party about their abuse of the arcane Senate rule, the filibuster. Um, Speaking of the Democrats, boy, am I giving them a hard time today. They deserve it. Uh, This poll 
Bobby, you're gonna you're gonna like this. This is shocking. Uh, fifty nine. Listen to this poll result. This is from uh, Breitbart News. Uh, it's a report on a survey that was completed. Here's the result. As this was amongst one thousand and sixteen likely voters. Uh, it was conducted on January fifth, twenty twenty. Fifty nine percent of Democrats favor government confining unvaccinated Americans to their homes. Uh, Here's the results of the poll. While 61% overall reject that scenario, the survey found that 59% of registered Democrats favor the government requiring unvaccinated individuals to stay at home, quote, at all times, end quote, with exceptions only for emergencies, Bobby. What? We don't get a star? Are you willing to stay? (laughs) Duly noted. Are you willing to stay at, at the house for eternity? Well, I'm, I mean, they're just piggybacking on what Australia did. Yeah. You, you ventured out past 100 meters from your home, and you get to be billy clubbed like a you know a stray dog quite, or something. Quite literally. That's yeah, what absolutely. happened. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is uh, this shows the mindset of our country. And when I talked on the show yesterday about how our country needs a major course correction, this is what I'm talking about. We don't just need a major course correction in our nation's capital, although that would be nice. We need a major course correction in the minds and the hearts of Americans. The fact that we have 59% of registered Democrat voters that think that you and I or anybody without the shot should be locked in their house 365 days a year, that shows a severe world view problem a severe ideological problem a severe heart problem that can only be fixed by the power of jesus christ so that's what we need to look for that's what we need to work for and that's what we need to pray for in our country is that people's hearts would be open and minds would be changed for eternity the views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio. Faith. Family. Freedom. American Family Radio.